The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Left face-off, Doc. Nugent Hopkins gets it back from Clefbaum. Steps in. Dishes down low. Back door. Back hitter. Score! Connor McDavid has given Edmonton its first lead 2-1. Hey, newsflash. The Edmonton Oilers will not go 0-82. They win this afternoon over the New York Rangers. That was Jack Michaels calling the game winner. Connor McDavid, power play goal. 2-1 is the final. McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins each with a goal and an assist. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 1.50 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. We are with you until 2.30. Then we will punt over to Morley and Dave on the brick field at Commonwealth Stadium for their Eskimos pregame show. And the game between the Eskimos and Ottawa kicks off at three. Great doubleheader here on 630 Ched. We'll start by looking at the Advantage Trailer Rental scoreboard with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. In the CFL right now, early in the third quarter, it is Winnipeg 31, Saskatchewan nothing. Early in the third quarter, Winnipeg leading Saskatchewan 31-0. In the NHL, Vegas beats Philadelphia 1-0. The Senators lead the Kings 4-1 after two. Bruins lead the Red Wings 1-0 after one. David Pasternak has his fifth of the season there. Well, Rob, the Oilers uh, allow the first goal tonight. I actually didn't think they started this game that well, but but I did think they got better as the game went on. And once again, uh, their top players hit the score sheet. Yeah, I thought there was more energy in the game tonight by the Oilers. There, there seemed a little more urgency. Uh, the bottom of the lineup uh, didn't produce on the score sheet, but were noticeable. Kajula, I thought, was excellent in the game tonight. Created a number of chances, was physical every chance he had. Pugliarvi, this is the first time I've noticed him in the first three games. Uh, still things that he can improve on, but he, at least noticeable. Uh, Brodziak wins a big face-off in the game when he needed to. So uh, there were positives in the game. Uh, this was the most winnable game the others had in this little stretch, and, and, and they got it done. Talbot was excellent, and then the top line with Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Raddy were very good. So the things that they needed to do to get a win today came through for them, and it was a, a big win to, to take a little bit of pressure off them coming home now. The Oilers wind up going one for four on the power play, and they kill off both of their man disadvantages. We thought there might have been another one there when uh, Garrison, you know, it was a funny play. Garrison swung at the puck and, and missed it and wound up basically tackling a Rangers player. I don't know if they, they gave him the benefit of the doubt because the, the puck was in the air, but then a few seconds after that, Yamamoto got pulled down and that uh, set up an Oilers power play. Well, it, it was funny because last game we had callers that complained that there should have been a penalty on, on in the neutral zone on the Bruins on against Lucic, and eventually the Bruins score on that play, and they said that was the difference in the game. Well, tonight the exact same thing benefited the Oilers. No call against Garrison. Comes down the opposite zone. They get a 
power play themselves and it turns out to be the game-winning goal. So uh, breaks happen in game. you got to take full advantage of those breaks. And tonight the Oilers' power play, which needed to score them a goal, came through and got them one. The Oilers outshoot the Rangers 20-14 over the final two periods, 27-24 for the game. The Rangers did have a 10-7 advantage in the first period. Zibanejad scored first at 12:49 of the first Nuge came back at 14:17 and then McDavid's winner at 6:23 of the third and you know Nugent Hopkins uh, hadn't been on the score sheet and still today but again I thought he had a strong game. Well, he's getting chances and when you're an offensive player you want chances. In the last couple of games he's he's rang a couple off posts, one went right across the goal line. He's getting in the right areas and and things that we we talked about with Raddy uh, how we liked the fact he was always around the blue paint and that creates opportunities well tonight the goal he had he was battling in front of the net around the blue paint and then a, a sweet little play kicking the puck from his feet up to his stick walking around Lundquist and putting it in so he was finally rewarded for some of the nice play that he's had early in the season so the Oilers win at 2-1 we're looking to hear from you 780-496-0063 again we're with you until 2.30 then we'll go into the Eskimos broadcast I saw Morley Scott, our Eskimos play-by-play voice on his Twitter account, a photo of Mike Riley taking some warm-up throws. The quarterback did miss practice yesterday with uh, a, a bit of an illness. Well, wasn't a bit, I guess. If he misses, most quarterbacks don't miss practice. No, and not him. And I think Riley understands the importance of this game. And anyone that's a fan of the Eskimos are probably watching TV right now and seeing that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the team they're trying to chase, is going to win today. So an important game for the Eskimos this Saturday. Maybe it'll be a good good Saturday for the Edmonton team. Oh, I hope so. Crisis Saturday. We're halfway getting through getting through it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Clayton on the line. Clayton, thanks a lot for calling. Hi there. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, yeah, just uh, wanted to phone and um, just uh, excited about the win today. It was real good. I think everybody on the team put in a good effort today. You kind of noticed, uh, you know, every line putting in an effort. So it was, uh, it was good, good game to watch. I thought so. I, I thought, you know, the depth guys, you know, they didn't score. They're, they're going to need to score now and then for the team to be to be really successful this season. But, you know, Rob and I thought Kajula really stepped up, Clayton. What, what about you? Yeah, well, I mean, the last two games, give me a break. I mean, he's, he's out there just crushing it. <laughs> All right, Clayton, enjoy your Saturday. Yeah, thanks a lot. All right, that's Clayton at 780-496-0063 as the Oilers win 2-1 over the New York Rangers. And, you know, Rob, as we go through the season, then you'll get a better sense of of which teams are the contenders and the middle of the pack and, and the really bad teams. Right now, we're just kind of going off last year's information and anticipating how moves or lack of moves by certain teams uh, didn't make a difference. The Rangers you know, had that clip from Dave Maloney during the intermission. They kind of came out February, said, all right, we got to move on from some guys and 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 retool a little bit. Uh, you know, I didn't think that from a Rangers standpoint, after their, you know, top forwards, they, they, did, they didn't have much going. I mean, Zibanejad, Kreider, and Foss could get out there and forecheck. Uh, you know, Zuccarello, I've always thought, is a, a really good player. Once it got lower down into their, their lineup, that gave the Oilers an advantage. I think. Well, they're not a deep team. And you, you get rid of the number of players, the number of veteran players that they got rid of over the last year or so. Uh, you're going to run into depth problems. This is a team that's rebuilding. They're going to bring in younger players. 
uh, and it shows. Their top line, very good. The Kreider line was very good. And, and through the first period, they they were actually outplaying the McDavid line when they were going head-to-head. But as the game went on and you're a one-line team, eventually it wears on you. So uh, they are a team that's going to be competitive. But I believe there's going to be a lot of games that they, they're just one goal short because they just don't have that extra line, that third or fourth line that's going to be able to produce for them. And one of the things that we've seen with the Oilers is that when you're a team that's on the lower end of the spectrum or a team that hasn't won uh, as the Oilers didn't last year, it's because you don't have the depth. You, when, when your top players aren't on the ice, you're at a disadvantage. And we've seen that early in the season today, this year with the Oilers, and hopefully that's something that can be corrected. 2-1, the Oilers win. They are 1-2 and two on the season. We have Norm on line two. Hey, Norm, thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, first, just let me start. Uh, Rob Brown is the best hockey analyst in the game. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, it's a, they had some soft spots today, and, I mean, that power play at the end of the third or with six or four minutes left was, like, brutal. That's like a video training now not to run a power play. Um, Nurse just throwing it blindly in the corner. Uh, um, Chris just throwing it straight up through the middle. But overall, you could see they were more focused. I think it was a, a intense effort by them to make sure they got the victory. And that, I think, is the most encouraging thing and something that we can really build on. Right on, Norm. Are you ready to finish the play? Yeah, go for it. Okay, here's what we're going to do, Norm. If you are right, we're going to throw your name into the grand prize draw for one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. That's valued at 1000 bucks. brought to you by Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe adrenaline-pumping fun, FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Here we go. Swung it ahead to Paul Yarby, left wing, he'll carry in. Wrist shot, and Lundqvist headbutted that one right to the feet of Strom and then stopped the rebound. Cleared by the Rangers. That looked deliberate to me. Yep. The headbutt of the puck, and it almost cost the Rangers a goal. All right, that was uh, kind of a, a funny play. Uh, Ryan Strom, what team did the Oilers acquire him from? Do you remember? Uh, Rob? It's the Islanders. Say the Islanders. I would say the Islanders. <laughs> Norm just Norm just don't know to ask Rob for a hit. Didn't even you didn't you didn't even act like you were gonna think about it, Norm. That's a beauty. <laughs> Good he stuff. Wins. He wins. Uh Norm okay. will put your name in the draw. Hang on the line, okay, so Patrick can take it down. All right? Okay, thanks guys. All right. <laughs> That's Norm. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. All right, the Oilers win two uh, one. Talbot, 23 saves, gets the win, and you talk about bounces, Rob, we're, when we talk about them all the time. Rangers shoot it in. This was ju- just before the halfway point of the first. Hits the glass behind Talbot and comes right out in front. And then he has to dance out of the way because he doesn't want it hitting his back mm-hmm. and going in. And then he has to dance back in, in into the crease in normal position to make the save. And, and what I, I find amazing, and the more I watch Talbot play, especially when he's on his game, is how calm he looked doing it. He didn't look panicked, and and he knows what's coming. He knows once the puck's coming out, and he's trying to be miss the puck coming out from behind the net. He knows when he turns around, there's going to be players in front trying to put it in the net. Yet he just set himself, got in the position, and uh, I mean, was a little fortunate the Ranger fired the puck right at him instead of trying to trying to miss him, which he probably should do in that position if you're the Ranger guy. And then when the puck kind of squeaked through, he just reached back and held it, pulled it in. You need breaks to win hockey games. 
And tonight the Oilers got a couple breaks. They took advantage of them, and they got solid goaltending. I know we've taken a lot of phone calls as of late about Cam Talbot, but tonight he was excellent. He was the better of the two goaltenders, and because of that, the Oilers get two points. Oilers now with five goals on the season. Connor McDavid has figured in on all five. If they ever get five in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. Then you can print up an appetizer coupon for Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. All right, we have Jordan hanging on the line. Go ahead, Jordan. Hey, boys. Uh, you know, you should have hung on to that uh, trivia for me. I wouldn't have needed to sweep nothing from Robbie Brown in my ear to win that one. But, uh, <laughs> well, we'll get you next time, Jordan. <laughs> sounds good. Well, uh, hey, I, to be honest, I hadn't seen much of the season yet, just with work and everything, and we had a beer league game this morning. I was almost nervous to tune into the radio on the way home here, but um, we got the must-need win. But a lot of talk about coaching and changes, because this was the one, you know, looking ahead that, we kind of needed to get so super happy about that um bounce the calls whatever go away i think you know it's all good but the question i have is you know there's only so many tools a coach has uh to get the most out of his lineup so i guess to rob and i guess for both of you i guess like not the Cassian or benning i guess he had a poor outing or two there earlier but um is this hopefully a sign from mcclellan that you know he's going to start to actually bench guys that are underperforming anywhere in the lineup like it doesn't matter how much you're making if you're not performing and contributing you got to set a, a message and expectation i know that quinn did that with shattenkirk and uh, i didn't actually see the game so i don't know if they played better than, than than earlier and just your thoughts on that generally and if that's more of what we're going to see this year with his his uh, uh butt on the line a bit thanks jordan i i believe so i i think that McClellan has done that in the past with certain players. If, if they're not playing up to the potential, they, they've had reduced ice time. Uh, the one problem that the Oilers have had in the past is they haven't had the depth that if someone was underperforming, they really had no one that they could stick in there that could do the job. Hopefully the Oilers are getting better with depth. they got a couple veteran guys in Chasson and, and Garrison sitting out, the guys that have been around a long time. I think the, the two players that they pulled out of the light, lineup were the proper ones to be pulled out. I think Cassian... Uh, hasn't shown what he needs to show uh, if, if he's going to be a, a, produce, a productive player on this team. And, and Benning had a, a struggle in his first couple of games. I think the Oilers, uh, Benning is a better hockey player than Garrison. When Benning's playing well, he is a better player than Garrison. But when he's not playing well, then you've got to make the move. And you've got to send messages that go up and down the lineup. And I think that McClellan will do that. Uh, Todd, Todd's job is just as much as in, in jeopardy as any of the players that are going in and out of the lineup. He's doing whatever he can to win because if this team does not win this year, he's not going to be here. So I, I believe that he will send messages. And if players are underperforming, they will be moved out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, Kajula was sat out the first game. He's come in with a couple of, of strong games. Garrison... You know, played 11-11, not, not a lot for uh, a defenseman. Bouchard plays 11-15, so they leaned heavily on the top four guys tonight. But again, Garrison, pretty safe game. Uh, Bouchard had that one tough fumble with the puck that, that put the Oilers in a bit of trouble, but he's, he's doing okay for a rookie defenseman. I, I would expect the same lineup against the Jets, though. I guess we'll see what how it plays out. Over, I mean, they'll get tomorrow off and then skate Monday, so we'll see how it looks. I, I would go with the exact same lineup. Randy on line three. Go ahead, Randy. Hey, how's it going? Good. Good. You know, uh, I've been here 61 years in Edmonton. I, I saw the Eskimos win five cups in a row. I, uh, I saw the Oilers go through all their dynasty there, and that was really cool. But you know what? We, 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 can't, we can't pick out 
certain individuals or anything like that, or or the coaching. You know what? It all in my eyes, it all has to do with chemistry, and that and that's going to come. And uh, the way I feel about it, you know, and we have given them the chance, but uh, you know, let's give them some more chances, I guess, and uh, keep going, keep plugging. Be positive, because that's all we can do. Okay, Randy, appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Oilers win 2-1 over the Rangers. Nugent Hopkins and McDavid, the goal scorers. Each guy also had an assist, also assists tonight for Leon Dreisaitl and Darnell Nurse. We have Alex on line one. Hello, Alex. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing well. Yeah, I uh, was so excited after the win that I'm plugging in my own NHL game right now. Uh I just want to make a quick mention about Lucic. Uh, I mean, other than the penalty today, everyone's been. I know that a lot of people have been ragging on him over the past little while, but the first three games of the season so far, I haven't minded his play. Better, uh, better. I thought he had a. I thought he had some tougher moments trying to clear the puck than he might have in the first two games, but he does. He, he looks more assured of himself. Rob, I mean, and I think that's always been who he is, and I've I've called him this. He's a very loud player. It's often a big play in your favor or a mistake that that makes you shake your head. But he, he he's the puck isn't as much a, as a grenade as it was to him last season. Well, he's got more confidence. His body language says everything with Milan Lucic. It's very obvious when things are going right. You can see he's got step. He's physical. He he's, he's emotionally engaged in the game. When things aren't going right, his shoulders slump. You see him dragging himself to the bench. You can see him with his head down on the bench. Uh, he's an emotional hockey player, sometimes too emotional. And right now he's, he's on and up. The, the roller coaster is going up for him right now. And uh, there's still things that he has to clean up, especially in his own end. There's play, the play's dying at times on his stick. But he's still, I mean, tonight he had nine hits, led the team. And those are positives, and those are things that only Milan Lucic is capable of doing. Dave Campbell tweeting out, it's official Mike Riley listed on the game sheet as the Eskimos starting quarterback. All right, so that'll make people feel a little better. About an hour away from kickoff, Eskimos and Red Blacks, and we're going to hand it over for an abbreviated Eskimos pregame show to Dave and Morley at 2.30. If you're on hold, please stay there. We will get to you as the Oilers win 2-1, but let's go back to New York. Here's the winning goaltender, Cam Talbot. You know, um, haven't gotten the best of him yet until tonight, so it's always... Uh, yeah, we're pretty happy at the end of the game, so there's a combination of both the win and... More just the win and, you know, haven't beaten him yet since I've been traded. So um, this one, these two games are always circling the calendar for me. So um, now I got this one out of the way, I can just go back to just being another game. So the close call of the third, I heard you talking to Gene, you know the boards, but it came right back into the... Yeah, that's why I tried to kind of cut it off. It was kind of a weird play on my part. I knew that they can take some weird bounces. I knew the play that they were trying to do and um, kind of put myself out of position, but luckily I was able to recover and scoop it off the goal line. A lot more livelier boards here than last building. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, they used to run that play all the time for Kreider, so I knew that they that uh, they try that every once in a while. 
Kim is getting one, so to give you a little bit of a sense of relief. You get to finally get the first one to win of the season. Like, you don't yeah. stop now, but you know, at least it takes some pressure off. Definitely. I think that, uh, you know, those are big two points for us. Um, we get to, to go home now, have a day off, and then go to Winnipeg but for another big test. But to get that one out of the way and the way that we were able to do it, um, we talked about taking our goals against town, giving up one goal against a team like that. Um, it's a pretty good game. We played very well defensively, and that's what we need moving forward. All right, that is Cam Talbot, who gets the win tonight for the Oilers, making 23 stops. His old teammate, Henrik Lundqvist, takes the loss. He made 25 saves, 2-1 for the Oilers. 780-496-0063. Goodfella is on the line. Hello, Goodfella. All right, fellas, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I've got a quick question. Uh, I, like, I like the win today. I like how he came back. I like the tenacity and all that stuff especially being down one goal. Um, I'm still not too sure about our defense. I'm wondering what you guys think about that. Is anybody out there worth <clears throat> trading for or if we have any assets that anybody else wants? And uh, I'll just leave it at that because at this point it doesn't look like we've replaced Sekera. Like we haven't replaced – we haven't added a, a solid, calm, number four or five guy. So just get yeah. your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I think they have some guys playing higher than they would – like them too and as I mentioned Rob I think that's evidence today I mean it's great you have Garrison and you put him in but he plays 11 minutes uh, young Bouchard plays 11 minutes ideally even your third pairing would be getting a little higher than that I, I, I do think and I know he asked who are they going to go out and get I, I mean I think we'll maybe see how the season starts for other teams too mm-hmm. I mean Tyson Berry's name like in Colorado seems to have been out there for two years. But the problem with... that be realistic. Yeah, the problem with players like that and Falk's name's out also in Carolina is you're trading something good to get them. And I don't know if the Oilers are deep enough in any position where they can afford to trade a, a half-decent player away. Yeah. So that's, that's the, the biggest problem for the Oilers. And then you also got to add in what those players make because the Oilers are pretty close to the... Well, they have relief now, but if Secker comes, comes back, then, then you can't just cut a guy. No, so... Yeah, no, that's a good question, my good fellow. I, I still think, as much as we've talked today about they need support scoring and all that, and they, and they do. Uh, it, I mean, it starts in the NHL with preventing goals and getting the puck out of your own end. And they didn't do that, obviously didn't do it well enough against New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, you know, okay, but still probably below average against Boston. And then I thought at this game uh, went along, they weren't spending as much time in their own end. Now, quality of opponent figures into that, too. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to judge because this is a team that many expect to be at the very bottom of the Eastern Conference. So the others did what they needed to do against this team. but. Right now, they are just have to look at their minutes. They're they're overplaying their top players. I mean, the McDavid's, the Nugent Hopkins, the Dry Settles up front, and then on the back end, Clefbaum, Nurse, and Larson are getting huge minutes because they don't really have faith yet because the production hasn't been there at, the, at their bottom six and their bottom three defensemen. So. I'm not sure if Peter Shirelli is satisfied with what he has on the back end, but I also am not sure if there's anything he's able to do that's yeah. going to be an upgrade on what they have. And simply, the, yeah. Sorry, Rob. No, simply because it, to get something better than what they have, they're going to have to make a trade. And that's what's tough because we talked about this last year too. Replacing Sekera is easier said than done because Sekera is like a pretty good player. Well, he's a 20-minute guy, solid, solid defenseman mm-hmm. who can skate and pass. They were hoping, obviously, Yerbeck might be a, a poor man's version of that, but he he just wasn't yeah. able to do it. Because when Garrison was signed to the PTO, 
me and I think a lot of people speculated, well, probably not. Now, good for him that he made it, yep. but he also made it because Yerbeck didn't didn't grab it. Well, he, he was probably brought in here in case there's another injury. If someone else goes down, we want to have a veteran presence that we can throw in here. And then Yerbeck was, uh, I mean, he wasn't very good at all. Yeah. So much that they a guy they brought in to be that player, they're like, all right, we're done with you. I mean, this is a an experiment that did not work at all. So uh, I am sure that the pro scouts are all around the National Hockey League right now looking to see if there's any steals out there. But the one thing that every team always needs is defensemen. So every team is looking for that steal of a defenseman. Tyler, 780-496-0063. Hi, Tyler. Hi, how's it going? Doing well. Hey, Google. What is, what is your guys' expectations for the Oilers this year? Well, at the beginning of the season, Tyler, I thought that they could uh, be a bubble playoff team and hopefully sneak in. Then that they'd be they'd be better than last year because I thought the special teams would improve. So we'll see how that goes. What were yours? Um, well, I was kind of like looking forward to it, but the first game they they looked like they uh, got totally outclassed. Well, they did. And you would have thought that there would have been more urgency to their game, right? Well, you would have hoped they would have played better, but yeah, they got beat bad, man. No doubt about okay, it. Okay, so the Oilers. Uh, do you consider Adam Larson or Clefbaum number one pairing defenseman? Well, for the Oilers, they are, yes. For the Oilers, though, but I'm saying would you consider on, them? On a number Stanley one, Cup. Number one pairing defenseman. No, on a Stanley, a Stanley Cup contending, te- contending team, no. They're, prob- they're probably second pairing defenseman. Yep. Like, Larson could probably be a first pairing guy with a, like a really good defenseman, right? Sure, with a really good offensive yep. defenseman, Larson well, that's would play with him. Right there, is, it, is it not? Well, well yeah, that's a huge of problem. Of course, yeah, we were just talking about that. They don't quite have yeah. the depth on defense. So, what are the Oilers going to do about that? I don't know if there's anything. I think they're going to hope that Bouchard uh, or Nurse or someone like that uh, well, that's, be- that's becomes what they want to be. Celebrating, we're celebrating them beating the Rangers, which is a rebuilding team, and they scored a goal. McDavid is—he's a world-class player, but he scored a goal. It was kind of a fluky goal, and we won two to one. It's, yeah. it's a good team-building thing, but uh, all right. So, what score should it, what, what should have the score been for you to be satisfied, yeah, but, Tyler? Eighteen nothing. Yeah, but okay. Tyler, here's here's the thing though: is we Reed and I both have said that we think the Oilers will be will fight to be a playoff team. So to me, well, winning two one is exactly what we expect them to do. Okay, here's another question: The Oilers are in the fourth year of McDavid. Mm-hmm. Did you guys think they would be this bad still? When we, I, Tyler, when Connor McDavid was drafted, I was not thinking about wh- how good or bad they would be in year four. Well, I mean, and why are you writing off this season already, Tyler? You're going to call in and be a grumpy Gus on the middle of a Saturday afternoon when they finally win a game. We got a big football coming up game, and you're going to call in and complain. Seriously? I, I understand it. I understand it's a team win. I understand that the fans are all over them, but we just beat a rebuilding team. Yeah, so but should be way far ahead of where they are right now. Okay, so how did Boston beat Washington seven nothing? Like stuff happens, man. But I don't understand why you think we should be further ahead. I mean, the others had it's the fourth year. Of yeah, McDavid. yeah, but you you don't get when you get Connor McDavid, you don't get to reset the rest of your team. The team wow. that Connor McDavid McDavid came to was a bad hockey club, a very bad they're hockey still club. A bad hockey club. Well, well, they're a better hockey club than they were when Connor came because. Well, yeah. So I mean, yeah. But just because Connor McDavid's here doesn't mean they're going to be world beaters. They had a lot of bad contracts. They had a lot of bad hockey let's, players. Let's dive into the situation more. Whose fault? Shirelli made some bad decisions. Well, Shirelli, the team that, that when Connor McDavid came here, it was that was a team that Shirelli inherited. Cause, exactly. So, yeah. So, but then, so Shirelli's made some mistakes, but a lot of mistakes were made before Shirelli got here because it was a, a bad team for a, for a decade. 
So you can't put, put pin those ones on Shirelli. There's mistakes that Shirelli has made, absolutely. But the, the, the problems that, hap that happened before Shirelli and before McDavid got here, that's not on Shirelli. Uh, now, just so, because, you so guys, my, you guys think they'll make playoffs this year? Or I, I think I think they will fight playoffs. for play. I think in mid March they will be in range of a playoff spot. I'm not I'm not saying they're going to be there for sure, but I think that they will fight for a playoff spot. Pardon? See the Oilers are three and nine through the first twelve games. Does McClellan go or does Torelli go? That that I don't know. Okay, Tyler, thanks that for I don't calling. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Oilers win two one over the Rangers. Not good enough for Tyler. Hopefully it's good enough for the rest of you. Quick timeout, Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. And here come the Rangers right to left. Nemestikov hammers it wider than it kicked off the boards. What a save by Talbot as he kept it out. It kicked off the boards right in front, and in the slot, Talbot was able to recover, make a spinning save, and then pull the rebound back inside his chest as it was sitting on the goal line. There's your save of the game. The Oilers winning over the Rangers 2-1. The save for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to it from the game. JiffyLoopService.ca, and the Oilers get the game winner on the power play. Nice to see a big power play goal. That's your adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. All right, Rob and I are with you for about another uh, eight minutes. Then we're going to throw the ball over to Dave and Morley for the Eskimos broadcast. That game kicks off at 3, Edmonton against Ottawa. We have Aaron on the open line. Hey, Aaron. Hey, guys. I just wanted to say that uh, I'm excited about the win tonight, or, or, or sorry, this, this morning, and... Uh, just, just definitely a lot more positive than the last caller. I'm not uh, looking for any changes that need to be made to the lineups or anything. I just want to give this team time to play together, get more experience, and get some confidence and and start rolling with some wins. So I'm excited. Hopefully, obviously, squeeze in a playoff spot by the end of the year and uh, just 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 roll with it. All right. I'm not. So, anyways, just thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, appreciate it, Eric. 780-496-0063. We also have Mike on the line. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, Reed. Hello. Uh, some days I, I don't know if you love your job or not. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it, but I don't love everybody I talk to. How's that sound? <laughs> yeah, that sounds uh, spot on. Yeah, it's hard to, hard to take. Sometimes people are criticizing a win. <laughs> what did you think? Well, you know, I don't think we're going to blow anybody out to start here. We need to just kind of find our game and, and start building off of that. They, they got a win. They go into Winnipeg. They get a win. They're back to 500. And, and I think everybody's mood uh, simmers down a little bit. Yeah, it's amazing how wins can change people's perception, people's mood. Um, I know the team is confident. Uh, they believe in themselves. And uh, it wasn't the start they wanted, but I don't think you're right off the season yet. And I, just like today, I didn't think today was uh, a must-win game. I don't think if they lost, their season was over, and I don't think they win gets them a playoff spot. But it's a confidence builder, and I think that's what this team needed. And to be able to come home now, because they're coming home f before they go to Winnipeg, to not have to w listen to the radio or watch the TV or read the papers, all negative stuff. They can come home feeling good about themselves. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, no problem, guys. 
2-1 Oilers over the Rangers. McDavid gets the winner. We have Michael on line two. Hey, Michael. Hello, gentlemen. How are you this afternoon? Quite well. I have uh, two unusual questions to ask Rob. Mm, okay. Uh, well, it's not bad. It's actually positive. Um, how, how was it coming to fruition that you came with 630 check? Because I love having you on post games. Like, your experience and just your knowledge is amazing. And your sec- my second question is, have you guys ever thought about starting, like, a, an old man's league team or something like that? I just want to leave that with you. Um, as far as the old man in the league, I've I got a bunch of buddies called called the Racers that we've played together for oh since I retired about 15 years ago. I don't play as much anymore. The Oilers kids life gets in the way, but I have played old man hockey. I'm not near as quick anymore. I'm really good against grade four and grade fives. Once they get a little older than that, they get too quick. As far as how I became, um, I, I came home and I had retired, and they there was a AHL team here, the Edmonton Roadrunners for a year. And 6.30 Chet asked me if I would be part of that. I did the color. And then Morley Scott, the next year, when he was with the Oilers, asked me to come on and start doing things in between periods. So 13 years later, they haven't gotten rid of me. So all's been good. It's great. Love working with you, Rob. It is lots of fun. And we have Dave on the line as well. Hi, Dave. Yeah, hi. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yeah, just to say hi. And uh, the Tyler guy that was on there earlier, I have to agree with a couple of his points about Mr. Torelli, where he says that he kind of chopped our team up, and he got rid of some players that we shouldn't have got rid of. And we're filling those positions with uh, second-rate players. So he does have a point there. Oh, sure. I wasn't saying not to criticize Torelli. I'm just saying sometimes you win a game 2-1, take the points and get out of town. I mean... Oh, sure, you bet. Yeah, you bet. Take them points and go. But uh, he had a point on on Mr. Trelli and the coaching staff. I think we need to uh, start looking at that. Well, I, the, right now the coaching staff and the GM are under the microscope. This season will dictate whether both or neither are back coming next year. There has to be some success this year for for Todd and for Peter to to make sure that they are part of this organization going forward. They feel they've built the right team. They feel they got the right coaching staff. And now the play on the ice will dictate if they're correct or not. All right. Last call of the show is going to go to Carson. Hi, Carson. Hi, guys. I, uh, I obviously, hearing that uh, the defense is an issue, that's clearly a, in need of a puck moving, more of a power play uh, specialist. So that's a problem that we need to address. But the two questions I had for Rob, one, team speed. Do we generally lack? skating ability per se, or is it just the way we're playing that's causing us to look slow from a team speed standpoint? And then second question was team identity. I don't really see one from the Oilers. If I watch Toronto, New Jersey, I really see a team identity, the way they play. Um, Edmonton, I, I don't know if we have one or if the players even know what it is. So how do you, how do you as a former NHL, how do you develop that or find it? or? Yeah, good questions. I mean, yeah, very good questions. The first one, I don't believe the Oilers are a fast team. I don't. I think that uh, they've gone backwards a little bit. I think they tried to address it with getting a reader, uh, having a Yamamoto who's not fast, but he's quick. But I don't feel they're as fast as some of the teams they played against. They're not like the New Jersey Devils. They're not as quick as them. As for a team identity, a couple, the year they went to the playoffs, their identity was they were hard to play against. And I don't know if they are as hard to play against as they were 
back then. I think a player like a Cassian, when he's not physical, that really takes away from their identity. To find an identity, you've got to grasp onto something as a team. When you're in that dressing room, you talk about it, you preach it, the coaches preach it, the captains preach it, but you've got to preach one thing and everyone's got to toe that line. Uh, you're right. I don't know if they've shown an identity yet this season. They're going to have to find one and then go with it because teams with that are successful have an identity and they bring it every night. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. The sports coverage has not ended here on 6.30, Chet. After the 2.30 news, Morley Scott, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, Brendan Ulrich, all at Commonwealth Stadium. Big game for the Eskimos as they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks. Rob's still laughing at that name. It is 31-0 Winnipeg leading Saskatchewan in the fourth quarter in the other CFL game today. BC and Calgary later. NHL in the third. Senators up 5-1 on the Kings. Bruins leading the Red Wings 2-0. And Vegas wins 1-0 in Philadelphia. Oilers take this one 2-1. Goal and assist each for McDavid and Nugent Hopkins. Next Oilers broadcast is Tuesday at Winnipeg. 4.30 face-off show. The game will start at 6. Thanks a lot to our studio producer, Patrick Bauer. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It's been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Enjoy the football game. Thanks for listening.